welcome back to Simple Beauty, the podcast. I am your host, Miss August, and I am a beauty professional with over a decade worth of experience as a model, a visual consultant, and also a makeup artist. This is the place where we all come to explore, examine, and enlighten ourselves on the ever-changing evolution of beauty. And we don't just sit here and talk about makeup. Uh-uh. We try to make ourselves over from the inside. So get ready for some tomfoolery, some truth, some theory, some tea, some tricks, and some trickers, baby. Let's go. <laughs> All right, so we can go ahead and kick it right on. Okay, so being the compass for vision is like truly challenging. Every day that you literally decide to dream something and you decide to challenge that dream and make it reality, outside minds begin to literally challenge you sometimes. Sometimes they criticize, sometimes they question. Most times they doubt the vision. Until it's executed, you start to become the tastemaker. Your goals, you're like the originator of things. In my opinion today, we have a person who is just that. His name is Harley Morgan. He is a pioneering icon, the founding father of the DMV organized modeling culture. See, so he is the CEO of Righteous Ones Entertainment, which is a modeling agency who has talent and they're a marketing agency in the DMV area. He's a founding producer of Indie Fashion Week here in Washington, D.C., which is a platform designed to highlight, promote, and market fashion, beauty, and lifestyle brands. He enjoys all things spontaneous. He loves spending time with his family and close friends, and he loves style, he loves creating, and he just basically loves what he does. Let's welcome Simple Beauty podcast and the pioneer icon, Mr. Harley, all American. Let's <laughs> throw that in there. Let's, okay, let's be clear. Let's be clear, Mr. Harley Morgan. Listen, I am grateful and ecstatic. I really am. I truly am. I'm I'm more than excited to be a part of your your podcast and a guest today. So thank you so much for the invite. Oh, listen, you are welcome. And I was reading, and since I said that you love all things spontaneous, I actually want to jump into this podcast a little fun. I want to play an icebreaker with you. It's called <laughs> If You Could. Are you ready, Mr. Morgan? Let's do it. Let's, Let's do, it. do it. If and if I think of anything outside of what I plan, I'm gonna add it in. Okay. Right now we got five questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. If you could live anywhere in the world for one year, where would it be? I'm going to Greece. Ooh, why? I'm going to Greece. I, I went. To, I've been to Greece twice, and the landscape, the food, the people, the vibe, the weather. Oh, you ready to move? Oh yeah, I will. I will move today. All he takes Greece. <laughs> Take Greece. We the Greece over there. That's what we doing. Greece is amazing. They they wow. love. They they they're not racist. They love black people. They love culture. Period. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm a fan of Greek mythology. So yeah. I was in heaven over there. Yeah, I read that. Yeah, I. Mm, that was a good one. Holly, you going to Greece? I'm going to Greece. I gotta go. It's taking healthy hell. <laughs> <laughs> if you could hang out. With any cartoon character, who would you choose to hang out with and why? Any cartoon a character. A cartoon character. We're going back to Tom and Jerry. I'm uh, going with... Uh, Devil. Who are you going with? I'm going with my man, Daffy Duck. Are you serious? 
Daffy Duck is Y'all, the shadiest. Is a fool. <laughs> the shadiest fool alive. Yes, yes, so, yes. He don't have no cut cards. He's, he's foolish. I love foolishness. I mean, there it is. There it is. <laughs> that, that was a healthy answer. <laughs> <laughs> love foolishness. That was a good one. Not Daffy Duck. Okay, so if you could bring back any fashion trend, what would it be? They all circle back at some point. In time. They all they all really come back, but, uh, I know, but like tomorrow, this is in. What would it be? Let me see. Uh, any fashion trend? Damn. Hold on. Let me, can we go to the next question and come back to that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good let one. Me, I just had me, to throw that. In. I had to throw that in for beauty and fashion. That was no, that was perfect. Let me. I'm gonna I'm bring that one back. Yeah, we're gonna we'll bring that back one back. That. Okay, so if oh, see, we're going deeper. We're going deeper for these last two. If you could choose any person from history to be your imaginary friend that literally just walked around with you, and just you could just consult at any time, who would it be, and why? Damn, anybody like the whole spectrum. Like the whole spectrum, like in history. Um, you know what? I'm gonna have to resurrect. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to resurrect. Um, Albert Einstein. Oh, you want to play? I have to re- resurrect that man because he literally was on another wavelength when it comes to thinking and, and thinking out the box. Um, and I need some of that drip. I need some of that I'm juice. Telling you, and then just to have him continuously whisper the drip in your ear, that would be like, yeah. <laughs> I, when I thought about the question, I said, I would, I would only do Michael because I like the sensitivity in his voice. Oh, yeah. I mean, no, no, no. That's it, of course. But I'm saying, if I had an imaginary friend, it would be him because just the way that he whispers and you just be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> see, you want to play. I know, I do. <laughs> If you could see one movie for the first time again, what would it be? Uh, one movie for the first time. Yeah, it'd be Kill Bill. Okay. Yeah, it'd be Kill Bill. Um, Is that captivating? So I, you, you, you may remember um, a long time ago, ROE, we did a, we did a Kill Bill theme yes. show. Yes. But before we did the show, all of us as a group went to see the movie. Oh, cool! And we all was like, "What the? What did we just watch? Like, what's going on?" Like, we was all like captivated all the way in. Talked about it all the way up until part two came out. Like to this day, that is a like you have to watch it to be a part of the group. Okay. So, oh, cool! That I love that. It's a cultural thing for us. It's lit. It's lit. It gotta be Kill Bill. I love that. Okay, so I'm going back to this fashion question. Right. Which trend would you bring back? Fashion question. All right. So since we're in DC, okay, Fair. Um, you know we 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 are streetwear streetwear capital, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I want to see what my fashion friends is going to do when the drop socks come back. Oh God! You know what? Something <laughs> told me that you was going to say drop socks. Something in my mind said he probably going to say drop socks or something that I'm going to be thrown off about. And that threw me off. Because like you said, like you said, fashion, it it, it comes back every week. Like something new, something old come back. Um, But I haven't seen nobody, you know, come out and play with the drop socks yet. 
no, I think they're twinkling themselves back in, but they are they haven't like hit it hard like a door knocker, like you know, yeah. you know what I'm saying, like neon, like it hasn't really I I'm excited to see what the wife people will be trying to do. <laughs> now that, that's what I want to see. Okay. So that's a good trend I would love to, to see, see their I, yeah, interpretation. Yeah, because that was a big thing for a while. Oh, it was huge. I, I don't know if that was just us or was it a big thing, period, but I I would like to see what, what our people in 2020 would do with us. I would tell you this when I was cheering younger and we had to have our Reeboks and drop socks for pom <laughs> I would tell you this the white kids had on them, like them, them, them um, what you call it? The, the socks. The half a socks. They still had on the half a socks. So they, they still weren't ready for it. They weren't ready. They didn't know. They know we hit them. Oh, we, oh, we, but we, we were tumbling and pom-pomming. It was good. It was good for me. Oh, that was a good one. I knew say. I knew you was going to say drop socks or what? The, what was the other one I was thinking about? Can't figure it out. But yeah, that was good. Okay. Drop socks. Got to bring the, the 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 princesses and the classics with them though. Oh. Oh, oh, you want to play, play. Oh, the fat people be sticking their whole foot. I'm not doing it. Nope. 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 I, I don't want to see it, Harley. I don't want to see it. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the 1995. Baby, that, was, that is the thing. Okay. So let's go to, let's just go on and, and jump right on into it. When I gave your introduction, I literally said that you are the pioneering father of the organized modeling culture. What I'm realizing about Symbol Beauty is that they are not dominant in the Washington, D.C., DMV area. My largest audience is actually in Texas. Can we enlighten them on what organized modeling culture is from the organizer himself? Sure thing. Um, Okay, folks, so in in our area, uh, back in the day like 20 years ago or some you know some change um all of us that you know we were in high school around that time and you know one of the extracurricular things to do was runway model yes it 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 was something that bounced around the high schools um my high school miss august high school and, and many others um and a lot of Miss August and I's friends were a part of that wave, you know what I'm saying? We we jumped in it and, you know, we automatically became runway models. That was our thing to do. Very true. Um, but as some of us got older, like myself, and went on to college, um, we couldn't shake the bug. Um, and so I went to college and still wanted to do what I had just loved doing in high school. And so... Um, I got friends that either went to school with me or were just my close knit of friends in college. And we just kind of did the same thing that we did in high school. We did modeling, runway modeling, but the organized part comes into play when you start choreographing and adding elements of dance and syncopation and uniformity and all of those things with it. Um, And it becomes entertaining. So it's like runway meets entertainment. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had the privilege of forming the first organized group to do that consistently. Um, and so that's what Ms. August means when she says I'm the founding father of organized modeling. Um, 
you know, I, I, I had the first set of people to do that format um, for audiences, you know, um, that was, that was, you know, that was us. That's what ROE, that's where it started from. Um, and, you know, we've evolved, but that's where our origin was. Awesome. So let's talk about how you decided to um, emphasize the creation of it. So let's go to, to how you created it. Okay. I really want to okay. talk about, you know, from Righteous One's perspective, you know, how you said that this is what this is going to be. Okay. So um, um, again, for, for all the um, Simple Beauty listeners, um, I'm a product of Bowie State University, or the Bowie yeah. State. Um, and so at Bowie State, you know, um, my parents, my brother, nobody went to college. You know, I kind of went to college blind. So I'm going there and I'm seeing, um, you know, all these different groups of people, different organizations, you know, everybody got this family vibe. They're going around and hanging together. They're doing community service. They're doing events. Um, but me going to college, the only thing I knew was the runway stuff, like I was just telling you all. Yeah. So um, I think a piece of it was, you know, we took that, the, the modeling aspect, we took the choreography, uniformity, syncopation aspect, um, and then we pulled from fraternities and sororities, what we saw them doing, mm-hmm. and we put all of that together and made righteous ones oh, cool. um so it, it was kind of i mean long story short it, it looked like a fraternity or a sorority whose goal was to entertain via runway and choreography yeah so that was the making of it um even down to us having alias aliases like different stage names and things like that that kind of came from the fraternity sorority culture um, and we just mashed all of that together and it became an organized modeling team. Cool stuff. So I want to talk about your, d- that's so cool. Good to, good to know. History. Okay. <laughs> know your history. <laughs> what was your actual vision once, what was your actual vision for organized modeling and once, you know, Righteous Ones was no longer just the first of its kind like what was your vision for it though i want to talk about your like beginning vision okay well the the uh, original original vision um i wanted to like i wanted to have a, a group of people that i could kind of advise them along the way of how to be competitive in different mm-hmm. arenas yeah like our home base this is this is where we draw the attention but if Shonda wanted to still do New York Fashion Week, I wanted to have resources to be able to say, all right, well, this is how we're going to go about that. Mm. Or if somebody that choreographs wanted to, wanted to you know, do choreography and dance with other people, I wanted to provide them with resources like this is how we're going to execute this. Yeah. But it always came back to the home base. You know, um, That was the original vision. Um, a lot of people don't know, but like before I even went to college, I had got offered a modeling contract with an agency. Um, and I went to the, to the meeting, you know, to, to kind of learn what they wanted from me. And I'm assuming I'm going to sign a contract. 
Yeah. Um, and they start hitting me with all of this stuff, like, where's your portfolio? Can you sing? Can you dance? Are you willing to cut your hair? Are you willing to do this? Are you willing to do that? It was a whole lot of things that I was not privy to mm-hmm. because our like, our lane of knowledge stopped at hitting the runway. So I true? wanted to be able to inform the people that work with me, like, no, we got options and we want to prepare for them options in addition to this. Um, that was the original vision. But then when more groups started to form um, and, you know, I, I was like, well, shit, this is about to be a thing. You know, obviously yeah. this is something that yeah. that could work. Um, I wanted to strengthen that original goal. You know, um, I wanted the people after us, I kind of looked at it like, well, we have to kind of create a blueprint. Like we want everybody to follow in these steps. So right. I wanted to amplify that original goal so that everybody after us could send their people in other directions too. Right. And just make their troop or their group, their organization, their hub. That's where everything starts from. Mm. So that was the goal. Okay. Uh, and I think that's happening. Yeah. I think so too. So knowing what you know now about business, what you know about being a entrepreneur, what you know about building things, I literally have you on here off the subject, the compass of creating, because I really feel like you are here because you have the first sifting of what we see now that's amplified, of course, through social media and then through other organizations all around the DMV area. And it doesn't even stop in the DMV. You're talking about it goes from college to college, state to state. Like you're the creator. You're the compass of that. Knowing what you know now about what your original vision was, but knowing what you know now, I'm talking about um, 10 years later, literally 20 years later, how would you reconstruct that concept? Um, I think what I would reconstruct, uh, early on, I would have, I would have assessed the value of it and put like a signed dollar amount to it. Okay. Because early on, you know, we, ROE included, you know, we were taken advantage of, like people love seeing modeling choreography. Yes. Um, you know, and people wanted all of us, I mean, from ROE, Models Envy, Models Inc., um, yeah. shout out to those original legendary groups. You can't deny. Um, you can't. Um, they, we all were in demand up and down the coast, all around the city. Um, and to some degree, we was just giving it away. Absolutely. We're just giving it away, all because we love to do it. Um, and so, you know, it's not a, it's not lost because it was a passion. But, you know, I would have I would have assigned some value to it, and uh, and would have hoped that that would have spread like everything else, so that we would we would have capitalized earlier. Yeah, and it could have been more fruitful. Mm-hmm. And and I mean, and and with that, with assigning value, that makes the platform even bigger. You know, it, it's, it, it becomes something else when people pay for it. Very true. Very. <laughs> yeah. It does. It does. I hear, I've been hearing over the years, like people having all manners of, you know, 
signed deals. You know, I, I've been hearing about reality TV shows. I've been hearing about, you know, people literally sifting out the culture that you created. And I always think about where did, you know, the leaders, because I can't, I can't say it was just you because you had ROE, but where did the other leaders, where did they, what, what did they think after you, because at some point it was a dismantling, you know, we stopped being so competitive between each other. We decided to separate and then everybody had their own group. They all went their way. You know, righteous ones continuously do great things all over, you know, Models Envy, Models Inc. We see them everywhere. Then you have Urban Couture, you have Kush, you have, you have all of these people. And I'm like, what does amplifying this platform feel like to anybody? That's that when I came back like a year ago, what was that like almost two years ago, like full force to try to get the youth. I went to go grab the youth, to be honest with you. But I was like, what about all everybody who is literally running this culture? What haven't they seen in these past 20 years that if you had to give yourself advice on how you could amplify it? what would that vision look like? Would it still look like how it's looking now or would you have done some things different structurally? Um, I think, yeah, I would have done a lot different structurally. Um, to answer a question that you just said, mm -hmm. like we, the, the leaders back then, we failed the culture. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with, with being honest and upfront saying that we all failed. And, what and when I say the leaders, um, well, I think us, the leaders of the groups back then, um, we had, we had pride issues. Okay. Um, we let the competitive spirit like spill into personal thoughts of okay. each other. Mm -hmm. um, at some point it, it wasn't about advancing as a culture it was about i'm better than you because and now i'm better than y'all because but now forget all that we better than all of y'all because like it was just yeah. that um and we just assumed the whole crab in the barrel mentality that people say about dc in our own culture our own lane that we were building you became a victim to that, everybody. We did, we did. And I don't know if it was if it was intentional or not. I don't know that because we've never talked about it. Yeah, no. But um, I think that if we would have had a different approach, you know, like if we would have kind of vibe and let everybody do what their strength was. Right. Um, our platform could, could be massive right now. Structurally, and, absolutely. Yeah. And all of those attempts at reality TV, the ones that I know about and the ones that were attempted behind my back, um, they, they may have been successful if it was right, but it wasn't done right because we, we wasn't right back then. And so you can't take that into, a, into the corporate world. You know, you can't take a culture that so many of us was a part of and try to reshape it and change it because that's not what the people wanted to put their money in. Right. So when you so, talk about the culture, though, mm -hmm. you know, 
our culture literally looks like the culture that people see from Pose, right? And we're and, and it's, it's it's different, but it has the same aesthetic. You know, ballroom is ballroom. This structure, organized modeling culture that we have in the DMV area, these are totally two different lanes, right? But why do you think it's happening from the ballroom point point of view? Like, how do you think they're starting to get this type of traction? And we're still, which I, I think we're much more entertaining. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> we are the tastemakers. Mm-hmm. You know, they they literally love everything that we do. So why do you think we're we're here and they're amplifying themselves on different levels? Because you said something about, you know, reality TV. And I mean, I, I think I only know of one, but you said people doing stuff behind your back. See, I don't have time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, don't like I, mean, it. I don't like it. Yeah, we're talking about that. It, it is no, we're not forward. talking about that. Uh, we're, we're, just talk talking about, about, we're talking about that later, but. No, we're um, not talking about that at all. We just want to talk about, I just want to talk about the division. Like why you feel like the ballroom, how that's becoming like more mainstream in media, but we have this hope. Like it's a mood over here in the DMV. Yeah. So wh- why Absolutely. do you think that that um, division is there? Well, I think um, the, okay. So the ballroom community, they've always been the ballroom community. Right. They've, they've been true to that for decades. Yes. Um, like you really can't deny that. Like that's what they are. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that being, being true to their culture has warranted them this. Yes. Now, yes, we have elements of their scene, mm-hmm. um, but I think, like the the way it was written, the way it was intended to be, that wasn't supposed to be the bulk of our scene. No, that was supposed to be, you know, a taste, almost like yeah, we can do this too. Dessert. If y'all really want us to, but our icing on the cake was the organized, choreographed. Yes. That was the thing, and being able to provide that in different flavors, that was our thing. Um, and we don't have that as a culture anymore. Um, the emphasis, I mean, now, don't get me wrong, people do choreography, but it's not a, a signature thing anymore. No. Everybody is more into the, the, the ballroom component. The competitive space of, of it. Yeah. Um, and not even like the 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 team competitive uh, thing that we used to do. Mm-hmm. They're into the the singles competition, like the like the house balls. Okay. Um, and we don't. I mean, why would they give us a platform for that when the that ain't well. ours? Yeah, very true. That ain't ours. That we'll never make it from that. No. Um, but to answer your question, I mean. I think that the ballroom community, they stayed true to them and it happened at the right time. You know, they, yeah. they just they just capitalized off being themselves. Um, we have changed too much that people don't even know what to call us anymore. That's how it looked to me. That's reality. Yeah. 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 Okay, so what's your advice? I want to know your advice for the people who have come latter 
from RE. So you, you're definitely doing your thing in RE, making sure that that agency is progressive, evolving. We'll literally talk about Indie Fashion Week right after this question. But I want to know what's your advice to the culture that we have now? Because like I hear you speaking about, you're literally saying, oh, you know, the ballroom is the ballroom. We're taking those elements from the ballroom. That was just a cherry on top of what we did as far as being organized. What would be your advice for us to get back to that place so that we can stop making like some footing, you know, like, yeah, like what would be your advice for that? I understand. Um, my advice to the, the, I must say my advice to the, the groups period, mm-hmm. you know, newer, brand new, even if you're thinking about making a group, um, go back to the reason that organized modern groups were made. Um, the idea is to be an original unified front. When you all come out to an entertaining event, Everybody should be anticipating seeing something different from every entity that's there. Yes. My advice is I would, I want you all to strengthen your thing. What is your thing? Strengthen your signature, strengthen your brand so that when it all comes together, the audience is like, they don't, they like kids in candy stores. They don't know, they don't, they don't know who to call the best because they enjoy this team for this and they yes. enjoy this team for that and they enjoy this team for this. You know, like by the end of the night, they're so over, like overwhelmed with, with, inner, with excitement. They just waiting to see it again. Yeah. That's what the old school did. Oh, it was so and if the new school did that, I mean, in all honesty, they would blow us away. They have shit that we didn't have, Advanced like Instagram and yeah. all this digital stuff. They can really, really make it bubble, but it has to go back to the, the purpose of what it was because it was original. It was different. You know, they would be the ones that could put us on. Yeah. So that would be my advice. Yeah. I'm going to leave... Um the organizations alone and continue to talk about the creativity in the compass that I actually got you here for. I want to mm-hmm. talk about Indie Fashion Week. Yes, yes, What inspired yes. you to create Indie Fashion Week? Every time I be like, oh my God, it's back. I got to give me something to wear. You know what I'm saying? That's how I be. I'm like, hold on. I got to make sure I, I definitely make one of the first e- events and then I definitely have to make the last show. Absolutely. That's what I'm thinking. But I'm like, this is so dope, dog. Like, I'm like, what inspired Harley to make this? I'm going to ask him one day. This is that day. This is the day. (laughs) (laughs) This is the day. Say no. You already uh, know what Ted up in here. Got a mic too? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So what inspired Indie Fashion Week? um, So again, you know, doing so many fashion shows, um, all of us, even when we were doing them together, you know, it, it was it was starting to be a thing, you know, people designing and making clothes. Yeah. Um, and stylists and, you know, makeup artists. I mean, everybody, all the all of the, the behind the scenes of the fashion shows are just as important as the models. 
Very true. Um, and we have a lot of friends that were in those lanes. Um, but kind of like the models, they, you know, they didn't really know what, what to do. They just did it because they liked it. Um, and, you, you know, just through the- organizing something else. Here you go. <laughs> go ahead, tell us about look, it. <laughs> look, I mean, you know, through the years, just, you know, when, when, just from ROE, just working with different boutiques for photo shoots and all that stuff. You know, everybody's just kind of comfortable in what they do, which is cool. You know, you're comfortable, that's cool. But I was like, damn, it would be cool to have a, like a New York Fashion Week vibe for these people that, that are right here at home. You know, just put them on a pedestal for a week and let them, you know, let them have their shine. Let them tell their story. Like, why did they decide, decide to make this line? Or yeah. why did they... Why do they want to beautify people through makeup, you know, and, and let people become their supporters and just keep doing that to kind of keep, keep the creative economy going. Yeah. Um, that was the, that was the original kind of like inspiration behind that. And, uh, I didn't want it to be a week for real. I didn't think I had the, the power to make a whole week. Um, I, I wanted to reach out, and add it to DC Fashion Week because right. I thought that's that's what was missing from DC Fashion Week. Yeah, it wasn't I, never I no. That right. Yeah, it was never no. Not really anybody from our area in DC Fashion Week. That didn't make sense to me. Um, and I reached out. I had a proposal. You know, I was humble about it, and it got shot down in a very arrogant way. Oh man. Um. So me being me. Um, in a spiteful way, I pulled the trigger on the week. Sure. The same the same week as a DC fashion week. Oh, you played your original one you're talking about. The very the first original, one. The very first, yeah. It happened the same week as the DC fashion week, the fall of, of 20, uh, what year is this? 2016, I think. Awesome. Um, and I just had to do it because I needed people to see, like, one, don't play with me, but two, don't play with these people either. Mm. You know, like they have the same pool as all these people that come from all all over the country. Um, and people loved it. People was invested in it. People was bought into it. That we kept doing it. Yeah, I totally get it. I get it. I get the separation. I get why this is one and that's the other. I don't think one is better than the other. I think both of them cool, but you know, I'm, I, I always, I say, I'm going to ask him what inspired him to create it because I don't know the story behind it. So it was yeah. good to know that although, you know, you reached out to say, oh, hey, could we potentially be a part of this, doing this? And it was given, no, you said, let's move. And it literally is, and you're playing, talking about something you didn't know it was going to be a week. Yeah, it'd be three things to do on Tuesday. Um, one, the one and a half thing to do on Monday. Wednesday, you got two events. Thursday is seven events. Friday, it's an event, event, and then it's a big old show. You have plenty of things. You have plenty of ideas, Mr. Morgan, okay? Yeah, I mean, when you put in the position that you have to do it, then, yeah, you're going to do it. That's why you're here. But originally... I mean, I'm glad, I'm kind of glad that I did get shut down because yeah. we wouldn't have, we wouldn't be doing this. Yeah. It was you know definitely destiny. You talking about, like I told you, you're here because I really feel like you are literally the compass of what creatives come from. When you think about a creative and you say, oh, 
you know, the only reason why people are not able to go to work and become entrepreneurs with the age that we are is because they literally said that I'm a creative and I'm about to show you why this works and how I'm going to execute this. Because mm -hmm. before all you ever called creators were starving artists. People now it has literally transformed into a creative. So I'm creatively Absolutely. telling you that I'm not coming to your job no more. And this is why. This is this product. <laughs> this is this t-shirt. This is this event. This, this is that um, product. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's so cool. It's so cool. I wanted to talk also about these virtual one-way shows that have been super dope to the internet. I want to first well, see whether it was literally birthed from the pandemic or were you already working on it before, you know, you had to press play because we were all in the house quarantining. This is a, this is a baby of the pandemic. Oh, awesome. The baby of the pandemic. Um, That's newborn. The newborn baby. <laughs> Crying and whining and changing diapers. <laughs> newborn baby. Oh, I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll say like, I think maybe when when we was back in the real world, I may have said to myself, "Dang, I wonder uh, what an online show would look like." But never gave it no thought. Like, right. That ain't even that ain't worth doing. Yeah, because foot was but, to the pavement. Yeah, but the the pandemic, um, the the week, I think we shut down March the fourteenth. Oh yes, we did. The next week was supposed to be Indie Fashion Week. Very true. Because I had and my so, outfit ready. See, you always is ready. No, I'll be ready. You know, I get my <laughs> tickets. I have my things. I show up. <laughs> I know you're going to be ready. You're going to be front and center regardless. I know. I love it. Um, but, uh, you know, it was the next week. And, like, we had momentum. Like, people was excited about it. And it was, you know, the momentum was just leaving, leaving, leaving. And I was like, we got to do something. I mean, we can't just not do nothing. That ain't gonna work. That ain't gonna work. Um, and literally, um, I had a dream one night that I was online watching a fashion show, but the people was on. It was only models that I knew. It wasn't necessarily my models, right? But it was only people that I knew. Um, and I woke up the next morning, and I put in the group chat. I was like, um, "We're doing a virtual runway show on such and such date." Thank you. And I said, I'll give y'all the details tomorrow. I ain't know what the details was, but I stayed up all day, all night, and then just kind of just pushed it out. It, it, was, it just came to me, like literally in a dream. Um, and everybody was like, I don't know how this is about to work, but okay, we'll do it though. And that first, that, that, that first, that first night that we did it, um, Everybody was like, everybody had a ball. Like, it was just like we were the St. E's. Yeah. Everybody had a drink. They got on live. Everybody was dressed. They cut up. Now, everybody was cutting up, and they and they enjoyed what they were looking at. And that's exactly what, what I wanted. It, I mean, I've been watching. I've been looking. I'm like, this is cool. Like, this is just dumb dope. And so I'm like, dang, so... I knew the Indie Fashion Week was that next week, you know, I because because of my calendar. I have a nasty calendar on my on my phone. Like everything is there. That's right. Be here, here, there, and there. Right. That's what them professional so, adults do. No, but seriously, no, my calendar is lit. Okay, I have everybody's birthday in their program annually, not just this year. Every year, <laughs> I'm gonna know to call your phone on the twelfth. 
<laughs> but it's cool. But when I saw that I was supposed to be at Indie Fashion Week that next week, I was like, whoa, how's everybody processing this? And then out the blue, I mean, you talking about a virtual runway experience. I said, hold on, what is this man over here doing now? Now, yeah. what is he over here doing now? But it's so dope. And I was going to ask you how you started to unravel that concept. I guess you didn't even tell us. You just told you just told me that you you shot an email, uh, uh, you know, through the group text. You literally text everybody and say, "We're doing this." So how did that start to you know conceptualize itself? Um. So the first one, I mean, since everybody was so shook, I had everybody film themselves wherever they were. I gave them, I told them, like, this is what your background had, has to look like. This is the theme of your look. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, I told them how to film it so that when we put them all together, it'll look like one runway show out in the street or one runway show uh, in the living room or something like that. That was the, that was the scheme behind it. Mm -hmm. So we literally, no one got together for that. Everything was done virtually. Oh, yeah. Like, everybody filmed themselves. We sent it to the editor. Me and the editor FaceTimed to figure out who to put and what. It was all, it was literally all a virtual experience. It was all quarantined. It was. It was. Quarantined, quarantined, inspired. <laughs> yeah, so you're talking about literally being quarantined, expired. And like I tell you, I think of you, like, as a great creative. How do you start to build a team around that? Because like I always say, you know, the dreamer is the dreamer. And then you have people who execute your dreams. Mm -hmm. How do yeah, you start to build that team around something that, oh, I literally just, this is how this is going to go. Because I'm a random, I'm a random dreamer like that. Oh, no, this is how this is going to go. I see it. I know it can be executed. How do you build people and build a team around, you know, those type of thoughts? Um, so I think the first thing is you, you have to, you got to surround yourself with people that you trust. Um, gotta be people that you trust and it has to be people that know you. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? Like you can attest being a creative and knowing what you want. When you start spitting shit out the way you want it, how you envision it, it's those people that, that second round of people that are closest to you that take it and be like, all right, this is what she means. This is what she, this is what she's talking about. Yeah. And help put them pieces into like, um, language that transfers to everybody. So that first trustworthy team is important. Yeah. They help you tease it out. Um, and then at that point it's really about communicating the vision to other creatives that feel like they can add to your vision. I believe. Yeah. 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 I believe. So fair. so fair. So fair. That's good. That's good. I'm leaving it alone. I want to talk about, <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about inspiration because, you know, if the streets inspire you, the streets inspire you. But then you have people with creative visions who literally are just destined to stay on course. Like they have visions, they inspire. And with those people, you have the you really almost have everybody's ear gates and visual visions, and you can literally amplify the world through inspiration. So I want to talk about when do you feel you're most inspired? When? Like when? When? 
Um, I think it, it might be multiple answers to that. Okay. Um, I think, uh, so, okay. I know for one thing, I know me personally, I'm most, I get most inspired when I'm under pressure. Ooh. So, she can attest uh, to that. When, uh, like, okay, if I'm coming up on a deadline and I know that people are expecting something from me, I don't know, I don't have an explanation for it, but my creative juices come out of nowhere when I'm under pressure. Um, and I can, I can fly, I can fly through like straight for a couple days and get what I need out of my head and, 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 and saw it down so that I can send it out and let people tell me how, how this can be done. Um, so that's one thing for me, like mm -hmm. being under pressure, as ironic as that sounds, helps me. No, um, it's the thing. Um, I'm most, I'm also inspired when I'm listening to my favorite music artists. Awesome. Which are, um, which are? Well, so um, my two favorite artists that I have to play regardless, I got to play Kanye West. Okay, okay. Um, and I got to play Erica Badu. Fair. Um, both are very they, much of a mood. Definitely a mood. They both crazy as hell. Um, That's not type of current on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I love them. I love it. Like, they, they crazy as hell. But one thing about them, their art is going to always be undeniable. Yeah. And I can always pull something out of them, too. That's awesome. Always. So music definitely gets my inspiration going. Um, and I think lastly, um, I know that, you know, I work with a lot of people, whether they directly work with me or not. Um, but I also know that I'm a provider to a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Um, people, not that they depend on me, but they kind of have an expectation like, I know Harley going to deliver. I know he's going to be able to do this. Yeah. Um, that motivates and inspires me at the same time. Um, you know what I mean? Just to yeah. be able to to meet to meet that need or that want from people, people that I, I care about and respect. I love that. I love inspiration. Okay. So rest in peace to your dad. I Thank know you. that by you telling me through his passing, you didn't realize the level of inspiration he was to you. What happened with that that gave you new realizations? Um, well, so my my father, I, I don't think you ever met my father. No, I didn't get but, a chance. Um, my father is like, you know, what you see is what you get. You know, he's he is who he is. Um, rough edges and all. Love it. Um, my father is or was a like literally a true hustler um that is all he knew his whole life was selling drugs yeah um literally up until he died um this man was never going to not have money you know he just always did whatever he had to do um to to be able to provide and to be able to do the things he wanted to do yeah and you know, I, while he was alive, 
you know, plus me and talked. He always was a fan of the shows, and he was he was always saying, you know, you always you've been keeping this going. I'm proud of this. I'm proud of that. Um, but it wasn't until he passed away that I realized that I move the same way he does. Like, yeah, you know, I ain't selling. In I ain't selling. In the spirit, nothing, right? But, you know, <laughs> in the spirit of things, um, I'm always gonna make a way for something. Yeah. Like I've been doing that for years and he is the direct reason for that. You know, I think uh on like on his his birthday and my birthday are five days apart and around that time I was like, damn, I really this last son, I really do oh, no. <laughs> I really do the same thing the same way that he do it. Um yeah. so I kinda came to that realization last year. Um, just always going back, thinking about him and his passing and what he left to everybody and all of that. I love it. I love it. I want to talk about legacy before we leave here, Mr. Harley, because I think you have like an awesome impact on people around you and you just are an awesome guy. But I always like to ask people about like what success looks like to you because people always define it differently. And then I also like to ask people like what legacy feels and looks like to you. And I think that you have like a great, a great reason for yours. So I want to um, talk to Simple Beauty and literally ask you, what does legacy look like? And how does it feel when you're making this impact on people's lives? Um, okay. So first of all, it, it feels it, it really, really feels amazing. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's a weird it's, amazing though, right? It it is a weird amazing. Um, because it's it's it feel like something it's like a uh it's like some some gratification that you never really thought you would get. Yeah. Because you're not famous, if that makes sense. Yes. But it feel like if if you were famous or if I was famous, that that's what it would feel like. Like that, it feels like that's the impact it'd be having on people. You know, the things that I, I'm able to do or the things I'm able to share or assist people with. Um, it, it's just very warming to me. Um, you know, it, it makes me feel appreciated. Um, it, it, again, it motivates me. Um, I feel like helping people with things because I'm, I'm always willing to help. Yeah. um guidance whatever it is i feel like that's a part of me that stays with them and their venture and if they're successful i feel like i'm successful yeah absolutely um that's why i don't have an issue with pouring into people because in the end it's it's partly my you know is i, I want to be proud of it too you literally reap what you saw yeah and so i i think that that is uh i think that's a part of legacy, you know what I mean? Um, being genuine about giving what you have so that somebody else can have and, and maybe even have more than you did. Yeah. I think that's, uh, I think that's a part of legacy. Uh, and I mean, you know, we talked about the, the modeling troop thing. Um, I'm gonna always love that. Um, I love to see that that is continuing to go. Yes. Um, but I would like to be involved in 
helping them learn more about their origin so that oh. they can shape the future of this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I hate when, when we say old scene, new scene, because yeah. it's, it's not. It's the same thing. They just do it different. Yeah. And that's cool. Yeah. You know, but do it different with with good intention, not because it's brand new. My, my. Because it's not brand new. Um, no, it's not brand new. You know, everything comes from something. Yeah. And, and everybody takes whatever they can from it and still do what they do. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, I just, you know, I, I, I would like to, I would like to help continue that and, and continue leaving legacy with them, building relationships with them and inspiring them and offering help and resources. Um, I think that would be leaving legacy also. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that's, that's, that's where I am as it relates to legacy. Um, I'm not, I'm not selfish at all. I'm, I'm always willing to give, um, as long as people are genuine in taking and giving it back to someone else. Yeah. That's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. I'm going to leave us there. I want to thank you so much. So much. Like I'm so, I'm like, always grateful always thankful you the coolest you the coolest guy in the world though <laughs> like holly i'm grateful and i'm thankful thank you for stopping in for beauty is in with simple beauty the podcast we are so excited to have you and i'm pretty sure that people all over that listen to the podcast are going to be so you know inspired by you your words what you have said which the nuggets you have dropped like all of the cool stuff like i'm thankful and I'm grateful and I just want to thank you right here right now <laughs> well I, I want to thank you um because you have such a diverse platform oh, um and and people people look to you for inspiration and and motivation myself included and I just want to thank you for including me oh, in oh, your vision oh, you know you. I'm always available to you. You know, you, you're one of my favorite icons. You know that. I told you how to say it again. Thank you so much. <laughs> you know, you know um, I will call that I, phone, Holly. I call that phone fast. <laughs> and you should, and and keep doing it because you're you're one of those people that I'm talking about that are genuine about your intention. Like you just literally want things to be right. I do. And as long as the, as long as that's your mo, I'm always be by your side. So thank you. Yeah. I appreciate you. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. So, Simple Beauty, Holly is currently planning the next cycle of Indie Fashion Week, which will have physical and virtual components for all consumers to engage with. Listen, if you are interested in that, stay in the loop at IndieFashionWeekDC.com. Everything will be in the bio. Everything will be in the description. He's also working on launching the virtual component of ROE, which is Righteous Ones, the agency. Please also stand in loop with that via roetheagency.com. Lastly, he is also promoting his cool shirts. He has one on now. I'll make sure that I get this clip. The one that he has on is literally the filth life, like the milf life, like the mommies, the daddies. For the daddies. It's so cool. Yeah, because we out here. Yeah, I mean, it's strong and bold and amazing and in numbers. I love it. Yes, so it's all about the filth life. And they also have an e-workshop, Entrepreneurial Essentials for All. And those can be found on ROE, the agency, slash shop. 
So once you start clicking, just keep clicking because you can get the t-shirt, workshop, and information. I'm just thankful again, Harley. Thank you so much. And you, let's move you. on, y'all. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> I know she's ready to cut up all Listen, that. we are in the studio with Holly Morgan. I'm so excited. This is what burns me up, child. Now, apparently we are in two different looks, okay? You want to know why? Because we recorded our stuff during the quarantine at the height, okay? Yeah. We had to be safe, social be distance. Safe. Now we out, okay? Before they shut the world back down, period. So with that being said, this is what burns me up. I'm so excited about this segment because you guys love it, and I love it too, okay? I so I have <laughs> okay. <Sorry>. Listen. <laughs> What burns me up is just a little pet peeve. That's what the young kids say. Oh, no, no, no. My, my daughter be like, oh, that's irritating. Okay, <laughs> so this is what, what burns me up is. Whatever's just tickling your nerves. So this week we're going to do the fashion edition. Fashion and beauty, because I got something to say for you. So with that <laughs> So Holly, what's burning you up this week? Fashion edition. Okay, so I actually got two. I'm ready. Some stuff I've seen this week that's been burning me up on Instagram. Instagram. So yeah. this is Instagram part. Instagram fashion. So, all right, then I'm going to start with this one. I'm going to start with this one. This is for the fellas. Ooh, that's good. This is for the fellas. Uh, you know, fellas don't get a lot of attention when it comes to fashion anyway. But, you know, if y'all out there, you know, y'all be trying to be fly in your pictures and all of that. Very true. So what burns me up is when you try to put on a nice casual fit and your shit don't fit. You know what I'm saying? It ain't tailored. Stay with it, Harley. It's too long. Stay for with you, it. You know, it's passing your shoes. It's all baggy down. You know, ain't nobody got time for that. Call your gay cousin. Call somebody. Anybody. Call okay. Miss Lee down Call. in Georgetown. She'll, she'll get you right. Go to your local cleaners. <laughs> Please, but hey, you let your pants rest on your shoe. Yeah. You shouldn't be walking on your slacks and shit like that. You know, blazers looking like boxes. <laughs> Nobody got time for that. Hold on, you find that still with the young guys? I know a, a lot of older guys, cats, they have their stuff. The young guys be just putting their things on down to the Burlington Co. factories. Absolutely. The, mm. the, the young guy, I'm so I think they think they get over because they go to like H&M or something. Okay. And they clothes already fit. Right. But you can, fashion people know the difference between if you buy something like it's like a slim fit versus you getting something tailored to your fit. Very true. Um, and if you're going to consider yourself a fashion person, you're going to have to get your shit right. Okay. That's, that's all I'm saying. But on that note, too, fellas, y'all got to invest in some good dress shoes, too, because I'm tired of seeing your dress shoes all bent up at the front. At the front. I can't do it. It's a half a size too big. It's, a, it's something. They they uncles. They got their mountains at the top. I the brother shoe. <laughs> <laughs> the ball, their nephew shoes for the them. funeral. You know they only wear dress shoes for the funeral, Harley. Yeah, for definitely for the funeral. <laughs> for the or, funeral. Or for court. Or uh, as, as <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> no, y'all got your toes bulging up and poking up through the front of your loafers. Ain't nobody got time for that. I, I enjoyed that. That. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna call nobody's names, but I seen it this week. Yeah. You know, y'all was. You know, trying to do your candid shots, laughing, and, and your suit wasn't looking right. At the events. Mm -hmm. Loud. Loud and wrong. And shoes don't fit. And shoes don't fit and bent up with cheap leather. You know what I, I, I was <laughs> going to say? Not in the vein of men's fashion, but because I feel like it's so adaptable. You know, now girls are wearing a lot of sweatsuits. 
So my what burns me up, the fashion edition, is the fact that I really want to see the scrunch sweatsuit go away. <laughs> you not here for it. I want it gone. And I'm gonna <laughs> I want it to vanish. And I'm gonna tell you why. Because I feel like sweatsuits and the way that leisure and loungewear has evolved. Right. You don't need to be restricted at your ankle. Okay? <laughs> First of all, cause Sue Wong done sent it and the inseam is only 31 and a half, you need 33, 32, <laughs> things like that, carry on. So <laughs> so I wanted to go. One because go one because it give me it give me run from police, it give me just got out jail, <laughs> things like that. But two, it's not versatile. And I feel like since, you know, a lot of women are putting on sweatsuits more and more these days, just because of the times, one, and then two, because leisure wear is the new, I mean, athleisure wear is the new I'm going out wear. Yeah, So yeah. get you the one with the zippers so you can throw your heels on. Please. It's more versatile. It is. And even with Go the men, I still don't want to see them new balance with them scrunch. <laughs> so get you the one with the zipper on the side, lay nice to the ankle. The scrunch. Lay, do, scrunch. Do lay, <laughs> lay nice to the ankle. So that's my fashion edition. Now I got a beauty edition, okay? I'm going to stay with it. Oh, now, seriously, now, along with the sweatsuits, it's these eyelashes. I just want to dress them very quickly. And no, I don't have none on today, not even on mascara. God bless your heart and all your paws. <laughs> all I want to say is this. Eyelashes are made to enhance the shape of your eye. They're not one size fit all. They're not supposed to be something that draws, you. they're supposed to be something that draws you and invites you to the face, right. but not make me stare. <laughs> I cannot do these spider eyelashes no longer. It's burning no, me up, like it burned me up so bad. The popular ones, the hood <laughs> news. <laughs> So what they think they be doing with them lashes? What they what, what we going on? I just want to know who started the trend, <laughs> and and what made China reinvest their time to transfer these eyelashes out 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 out. They are all over, and it's uh, wearing me out and it's burning me up. And I just had to say <laughs> something about it, only because I myself tried them on, and I have large eyes, like big bulging eyes, so my eye can carry a lot. <laughs> Heavy eye makeup, smoky. I can do a lot with my eyes which is a blessing. Right. But when I put them lashes on, I look a fool. <laughs> <laughs> so if I look a fool in them lashes, and I look at myself in the mirror and be like, oh, because you look a fool. I remember I, I bought some from the beauty supply store just so I can have them. And they was making this. I paid almost $20 for them. That's a lot of money. Beauty supply con. And so <laughs> I put them on and I was like, oh, because you look bad. But I said, already got them on and I paid $20 for them. And I think that's I, that might be the struggle. Oh, that I might be the struggle because I, I pay for these lashes. But even if you pay $10 or $2 for them, throw them away, sis. That's it. That's what's burning us up. Are they heavy? They are heavy. They are? They are heavy and they synthetic most of them. I don't know if that was a dumb level. question. No. Because <laughs> they look heavy. Are your eyelashes heavy? No. Your natural ones? No. They should be an extension of that. Oh, okay. So even when you put on fake They're lashes, even if you have them on for the first time, after a few minutes, you should not know that you still have them on. Those are happy. <laughs> them lashes look like tracks. They <laughs> <laughs> I can't with do flips it. from the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much, Harley, for coming on for what burns us up at this moment. Burns us up. Thank Please you continue to watch the episode. <laughs> I have truly enjoyed it. Subscribe to Simple Beauty on all platforms. We are so excited, so grateful. Harley Morgan, y'all already know that's his ad. There you go, right there. So I'm so excited. Thank you so much. Bye.